0: Hi, this is Graham Brown from Asia Tech Podcast. And I'm going to share with you some of the conversations we had that took place at the Echelon Asia Summit 2019. Now, Echelon is an annual conference exhibition event that takes place here in Singapore, and it welcomes the whole tech world from all over Asia and beyond to Singapore to come together, to learn from each other, to share knowledge, and to network. So we are going to share some of those conversations that we had. We set up a podcast studio at Echelon, and we invited some of the names from Echelon, some of the exhibitors, some of the speakers, and some of the walk-bys into our studio to talk about who they were, why they're here, what their story was. Today, I'm going to share five of those stories, five quick conversations. Our first five guests who joined us in the Asia Tech Podcast studio at Echelon are in order Mohan Balani, the co-founder of E27 and the man behind the Echelon Summit. You've probably seen him walking around the exhibition floor. Um, Hear a bit about his backstory as well, where he comes from. Sheldon, the founder of Renew. We thought we'd include Sheldon because he is the hope of the next generation of entrepreneurs coming out of Singapore, a young Singaporean who wants to um, do good and start a business, not necessarily your average Singaporean. So let's his, listen to his story. Anisa Hassan, again, not your average Singaporean. She uh, runs a startup, which is called Jumper. They happen to be a matchmaking service for Muslims here in Southeast Asia. So she's out fundraising, hear a bit about her story because it's not easy. It's not easy doing what she does in her space. So you've got to be the kind of people that is a kind of person that is able to walk through walls. So quite inspiring hearing her going about doing what she's doing with all that positivity. David Ward from Bambulu in the social change space, looking at the circular economy, recycling and making use of renewables in retail. And lastly, Bob Chua from Blink joins us all the way from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. He is the founder of an AR augmented reality-driven retail, fashion retail startup. They've just had a very successful funding round. Um, like many of these stories as well in these conversations, we talk outside of the day job and really what their passions and interests are. So check that one out to find out a little bit more about Bob Chua as well. So my name is Graham Brown. Enjoy these short conversations. And we'll be back to share more of these conversations in part two of the Asia Tech Podcast Roadshow at the Echelon Asia Summit 2019. Good morning, Good morning. this is Graham Brown. We're back. We're with the man himself,
1: Moham Balani, E27. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, This
0: this show is your gig. You made all this happen, Echelon. So
1: my team, my team. Like I, I was barely involved, <laughs> to be honest. You're
0: just taking all the glory yeah. moments, like just, sitting here, having a chat with me. I, I'm
1: just very lucky to be able to enjoy the experience.
0: Yeah, you seem to be enjoying Yeah, 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 you yeah. don't. I mean, this is like a lot of work putting together. Not, I used to have an events business back in my previous life.
1: Oh, you wouldn't know then, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, nothing on this scale, but it's a lot of work right up to the last minute. Yep. The night before doing everything, all like the small detail and so on.
1: So So. like I shared in my opening, right, like we are a very small team, you know, we are about 30 people, including interns. But it's really the entire community that we work with, every like partner, local players, governments, corporates and all that, that really bring this together. And, and we would, would never be around without the ecosystem. So we, are, we, are, we, we feel that it's a privilege and an honor yeah. to be able to do this, right?
0: It's great, and I love what you're doing, you're supporting the ecosystem here in Singapore. We've sat here and we've had some amazing conversations Yesterday, we've met people from Myanmar, Bangladesh, Japan. We had a guy come over from Mexico. It's like this is Singapore happening right in one space for 48 hours.
1: Interestingly, we've had people coming in from Africa this year as well. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. So Nigeria, some of the startup ecosystems there. Yeah. So we've had them coming in. And we've always tried to make this as diverse event as possible. So initially we were focused on Southeast Asia and then we started saying, okay, let's go check out Central Asia, let's check out Bangladesh, Pakistan, like areas that might not get the attention that most other places do. So we like to go to frontier markets. And that's why places like Cambodia, Myanmar, uh, you see people coming from there because we made the effort to go there, meet the local entrepreneurs and try try and convince them and the governments to bring them here. Yeah, we're Uh,
0: seeing it and it's great. And they're bringing a lot of great stories as well, inspiring as well. So for those listening, They'll be listening to you thinking, that's a very Singaporean accent, <laughs> right? You're sitting here, you kind of look Italian. No. We're having a bit of a, a conversation off air. Yeah. What's the story with Mohan Balani? What's your background?
1: I'm born and bred uh, Singaporean. Yeah. I was telling you earlier, like my, my family is actually from Malaysia. So we, we, we're very Southeast Asian uh, background, right? But ancestor-wise, yep, uh, we're from the very northern part of India. Yeah. I've never really been there. It's called Sindh. Uh, and that's where I'm a Sindhi, my, my dialect or my background. Uh, but like I speak Malay, I speak Indonesian, a tiny bit of Chinese. My dad speaks Hokkien, which is a, a local dialect. Yeah. So a very Southeast Asian uh, background.
0: But what do you eat at home?
1: So uh, mostly like uh, American food, Chinese food, <laughs> uh, Malay food, Indonesian right. food. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Whole, it's a whole mix. I,
0: I love that story because I think it's very much sort of a good example of what Singapore is about. Yeah. And I'm meeting people increasingly moving to Singapore, myself included, within the last year. Yeah because of that mix because of the people here because if you think about what that means for an ecosystem i know everybody talks about diversity but there's a real sort of like tangible benefit in that with startups and innovation people with different ideas different backgrounds nobody's saying like this is how things should be done exactly people are coming with well i've seen something over here that worked in that market that might work here. What are you getting walking the floor here in Echelon? What sort of vibe are you getting people talking about? What's exciting at the moment?
1: So so typically there's no one way, there's no one idea, there's no one form, right? Like when I was based in the Bay Area, it was the same thing, right? You meet people from all over the world. You meet people with all sorts of ideas. And it's never about which idea is the best or which idea is better. It's about taking all the different inputs and feedback and then applying that to the environment or the, the product or the users that you are working with. And very similar here, right? You could see a similar payments company from Myanmar and a very similar payments company from Thailand. And they, have, they might have a very similar approach on the outside, but internally the entire way that uh, uh, user acquisition is done or certain features that are being pushed is completely different. Mm. And that's what makes Southeast Asia so interesting, yet so challenging, right? It's not one homogeneous market. It's many different complex markets with their own unique challenges.
0: Mm. So we have also um, representatives from China here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeffrey Handley was just here a minute ago. He's over there. He's gonna come and join us in a bit from Hightower Capital based in Shanghai. Yep. Now, if you go to Shanghai, it's like ground zero for entrepreneurship. It's yep. the 996, the hustle, all the sort of the, the Chinese platforms are based there, the Meichuans and the Diddy's and so on. Yeah. So everybody, when they think startups China. Yeah, Yeah. they're coming here. So we have people now looking at Singapore. Yeah. You know, we talked about the frontier markets. It makes sense raising capital. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Chinese startups and investors, the more progressive ones coming to Singapore and having a look and saying, this is interesting. Yes. This is something for us. Well, what do you see? Because you have a very good top level view of what's happening here. Yeah. Probably, you know, you don't have a vested interest in a portfolio of funds or or startups, you are very much sitting and looking at the top of, from your vantage point, what's going on in Southeast Asia.
1: So what do you see? So the the Chinese uh, founders and investors have actually been coming here for a couple of years now. It's not a recent development, right? And for them, the way they, they view Southeast Asia, it's like China maybe five to seven years ago. So in their sense, right, a lot of the business models, a lot of the products, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the approaches to user acquisition, could be replicated in Southeast Asia. Mm. And I was actually even very fortunate to attend a dinner in Indonesia where some of the top Chinese founders of billion dollar companies were sitting down and discussing how best that they could contribute to Indonesia's development from a tech standpoint, from a talent standpoint, from a knowledge sharing standpoint, and how best that they could capitalize on some of the ideas and technologies that they could then bring back to, to China. That's you, an interesting yeah, conversation. Some of the Alibaba founders themselves yeah, yeah. are based here, right? Yeah. So well, you've what, got, what are they looking for when they come here? Most of them are looking for investments, hmm. right? A lot of them well, are- To invest. Yeah, to right. invest. Right. A lot of them are looking for companies to mentor and guide because these guys are already, they've been there, they've done that. Uh, in some sense, they've conquered uh, whatever they need to do back home. They're just looking for new opportunities. I think great founders and investors like to build the next generation of founders yeah. and investors and they're looking for people who are similar to them, who are hungry, who are passionate, but might not have the right opportunities or access to, to information or talent or funding whatsoever. And mm. they're there to say, hey, I'm here to help. That's what I love about this ecosystem. Yeah. Everyone's supporting each other. You could be competitors, but at the end of the day, it's about us working together and building the overall pie.
0: Absolutely. That's the only way at yeah. the end of the day. So talking about that, there's been some really interesting conversations, Mahan, here from young startup founders. We had, there was one young guy, um, Dale, he's 17 Mm -hmm. years old. I don't know if you know this. He's one of your exhibitors over here. He's like, they're twins. Yeah. So 17-year-old Singaporean starting, he's still a student, but starting a startup, part of a startup. That's quite rare. And one we've had, Niam Polly over here, Singapore. Polly were here. They're talking about, you know, how do they nurture startups? How do they nurture that next generation? Yeah. Because, you know, Singapore's, been successful, and the challenge with success is if I graduate now, I can go work for DBS or I can go work for and Tan, safe corporate careers, why would I go and risk it on a startup? So it's always been like startups have been sort of at the fringe of society, yet we're now sort of starting to see that change. What are you starting to see with like the younger generation coming through? Are people sort of now saying yeah, I want to be the next, I want to be the Jack Ma of Singapore. What sort of, I'm just curious, what kind of dreams and hopes these young startup founders have here in Singapore?
1: So so the government recognizes, and this has been a fact for many years, right? 80% of the jobs are being offered and helped by the, the SMEs, not entirely the corporates, right? Um, the best typically go to the corporate sector. That's traditionally how it's being done. But the rest of the guys will all go to SMEs, start smaller firms and contribute in their own ways. The challenge with SMEs is that, are not, not a lot of them are growth minded hmm. you don't see SMEs trying to raise money or 10x their size over the next 5 years a lot of them are family run businesses comfortable in their own environments and this doesn't make an appealing opportunity for a lot of the young people so what I like that's, being, that's happening now in the polytechnics for example so I'm a, I'm a, a Nanyang Polytechnic alumni this was way back in 2003 Right, And the polytechnics of today have realized that, yes, we should definitely advocate for these guys joining startups. Mm. But what they're trying to do is to build programs so that young students can get a taste of starting up without putting in too much vested investment. Yeah. And, and I was hearing from another chap earlier from Singapore Polytechnic. He says that 90% of the people that go through their program end up dropping out. Yeah, that's right. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Right? So they get a taste of it. They don't spend too much time and energy. But these 90% then become very good startup employees. People with an entrepreneurial mindset. Exactly. But not necessarily a founder mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is something that I I like how the ecosystem is evolving, which is in getting people to realize that, hey, you don't need to be a founder to contribute to the tech and startup ecosystem. You could be a much more valuable asset by being a rock star at a um, a startup itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're seeing this. I'm really interested in this next wave of the startup ecosystem, which is the first wave of startup founders. And I believe, and be curious to hear your thoughts, is that entrepreneurship is a skill rather than a career choice. So you've talked about working for a startup, which is a great way to learn entrepreneurship. I think what's happening now is maybe sort of the full circle, really where Singapore sort of kicks in Mm -hmm. its real strength is where entrepreneurship becomes a skill within corporates, Mm -hmm. you know, and now like those 90% who dropped out of the course at Singapore Poly, they will go into DBS or the Roger and Tan and they they will create change, exactly. whether it's outside of the existing structure. I think that's the untold story that's coming next, like, because those guys have resources and they have skills, but that skill mindset of entrepreneurship, people thinking if I want to get part of this startup ecosystem action i've got to leave the company and start myself and jump in at the deep end but actually it might be inside of a bank exactly it could be with an internal
1: startup yeah. the entrepreneurship, I- right yeah. that's a term now right uh, what most people don't realize is that when you're in a startup you have one million and one problems that are stopping you from realizing your product vision right so everything from as simple as funding Looking for office space, managing employees' morale. Mm. You could take a lot of those away in a corporate environment or in a much larger startup. Grab, for example, right? The Grab Ventures guy was here. They are investing in companies. Within Grab itself, there are multiple people innovating on next Mm. potential, the next multi-billion dollar idea of Grab. Now you could be part of these organizations, have an entrepreneurial-centric mindset. Be a mini entrepreneur within these organisations and still make effective change. Mm. So why not go that route instead too? Right? Why and not? I think yeah. yeah and totally. I think a lot of the potential people who want to be founders could explore that as an alternative.
0: So Mohan, I look to you as somebody who's sort of a, a a key figure in the startup ecosystem. You're doing your thing, and I think you do a great job giving like a platform, building a platform for those people and all those different startups. Um, not necessarily making it your show, it's not Sorry. about you, yeah. um, but it's about them, which yeah. I think is a, it's a, it's an honorable thing to do. And right. we need people like you in no, the startup ecosystem. It's a, it's a privilege for
1: us to do this. Yeah. And even internally, right, with our, our company's core value, number one, is respect the ecosystem. Because mm. we, we realize that we are not above the ecosystem, we are with the ecosystem. And without an ecosystem, we won't ha- even exist. Exactly. So we need to work hand in hand to support the ecosystem and do whatever it takes to bring it forward. Right? And that's how we've built all our products and services. Most of the stuff that you see here has been a result of us saying, hey, what does the ecosystem need and how can we help? Yeah. And We don't profess to be able to help everyone and everything, but we'll kind of do our little part to at least help one segment of people that we think we could effect change with.
0: You undersell yourself a little bit there, uh-huh. but anyway, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And how can we work together? Because I, I love what you do here with Echelon. Yeah. Um, I'm a great believer in supporting the ecosystem, you know, like giving them a voice mm-hmm. effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the really interesting thing, and I'm sure you see this with the, the startups that you work with is that they're not actively out there promoting themselves and telling exactly. them stories. Honestly, the best stories are the guys who just head down building their thing. Yep. And like when you sit with them and say, hey, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. They're mm. like, oh, I haven't actually thought about it yet. I'm just in the weeds of this platform, this app yep. or whatever rather than there are a lot of people out there self-promoting, right? So those are the guys I wanna help give a voice to, because I'm a great believer everybody's got a a fantastic story inside them. Everybody's kind of left their country or started a business or left a a comfortable job and done something amazing. So how can we give those guys
1: more of a voice? So, So that is spot on, right? Like giving the ecosystem a voice and talking about stories are two things that we strongly believe in. So for us, right, our content platform is open anybody in the world can create amazing content and tell stories that they are passionate about. They could be stories relating to their own companies, could be stories relating to their experiences, or it could be stories relating to their thought leadership and observations. There is a founder, for example, from the US. His name is Aitakin and he runs a company called Jotform. And every other week, right, he will create a content piece around something within his company or something about how he can help other founders do better. It could be culture, it could be hiring, it could be sales. And this is where the word empower comes into our mission. Our mission is to empower entrepreneurs hmm. with the tools to build and grow their companies. We provide the platform. You tell the story. You use it best to give uh, uh, value back to the ecosystem and get uh, visibility in return. Right. And this is where even for uh, like we believe right, the next level of storytelling is in podcasting. Yeah. Right. There's a one. There's one experience through reading an article. There's another experience in watching a video. And there's a whole different experience in listening to a podcast, which is something I I feel you can't get from an article. And that's why podcasting is something I'm very passionate and interested in. Cool, And I'm hoping to work with more guys like you. There's another guy, Ron Bestings, who starts this Hustler show Mm. to see how we can bring these stories onto E27 and reach a much wider audience. Cool. I like the sound. Do you want us to do your podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you guys have uh, ideas on how... we can work together to do podcasting. Yeah, we love to do that. Well, let's have a chat. I mean, yeah. let's grab a coffee once the
0: dust has settled yeah. <laughs> from the show. I know you're probably looking forward to the day off more yes. than anything.
1: I'm actually going on holiday end of next week. <laughs> I'm doing my uh, uh, every six monthly diving trips. <laughs> oh, where are you going? I'm going to Bohol. Bohol. Yeah. So it's the in, best in in the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. yeah. So Philippines is my one of my favorite countries. One of my favorite ecosystems. Yeah. And I typically go there every six months. Yeah. Just to get away from everything, go yes, dive, yeah. spend some time with my buddies uh ideally is, with it, no is, it internet. T- is
0: it beach diving or is it like um, on board typically Liverpool.
1: we do we, we live in a uh, we live in a simple like a uh, uh, dive shop or a dive resort yeah and then we'll take a boat out uh typically half an hour an hour away then we spend the whole day out diving nice. and then we come back and live in the, in later the dream part of it. Man. no yeah. no
0: no like mobile
1: reception uh, ideally no <laughs> uh, that's very pretty, pretty hard to do nowadays actually <laughs> I, don't even yeah. out there. I mean even if you take a <laughs> yeah. three hour boat out in phuket you still can get reception i know
0: it's crazy yeah people are like that yeah,
1: so so that's yeah, there that's, that's what that's I like awesome, to do side, I to went diving
0: in um, uh, I think it's closed now but a few years ago I went to out uh, in Borneo in Sipadan oh yeah Sipadan is phenomenal diving, it's amazing yeah, it's like I went with my wife and we just like it was beach diving yeah. but like the, a lot of Japanese people go there there's yeah. a lot of like really serious divers they were doing like you know I don't know how many dives they could do in a day but yeah. they would do like the maximum yeah. humanly possible we would do like two yeah but they would be like coming out of one, you know, having their sort of breakfast, going back and doing another one. I think, you know... Le- that is hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Hardcore in yeah. the sense that probably for their brain and their yeah, body. Probably wasn't like
1: twin tanks as well and all that. It's yeah, insane. Yeah.
0: But you just dive off there. We went down and we saw like... Um, I think at one point, I mean, I did advance open mm-hmm. water. Um, I couldn't do it now because like, I've forgotten it all. But... They took us down and i m- remember they took the reading we were down like 43 yep. 44 meters yep, which we yep. shouldn't be doing right, right. This is that's like a it. bit though yeah we saw like hammerhead sharks come yeah. up they swam a school of six hammerhead sharks wow. like just went i was like somebody was po- pointing out because yeah. nudibranch yeah. like that and I thought, yeah. that's really <laughs> interesting this, i can see somebody waving like look, look, look. this yeah. fucking hammerhead shark here. Yeah. man that was just the moment i thought this like this yeah. is it this is living man like yeah. there's like a, a pod of them about four or five or six. Just, they looked yeah. at us you know, the, just eyed us like that, and just like swam by. Like you know, they knew what was Cipadan, going.
1: Ciparan apparently, I, I, so I'm a fairly new diver. So my friends have done like hundreds of dives. Yeah. And in Sipadan apparently, right, they're so used to humans around that they can come up close. They don't feel afraid, and they're very comfortable being uh, uh, like interacting with humans. Right. So that's something I haven't experienced yet, because most of my dives have been in the Philippines. Yeah. And it's mostly smaller stuff or wrecks. Oh. So my I've tra- never done a wreck. Uh, my crazy dive was in Subic where they're literally discovering still like new wrecks. Wow! When I was there, they discovered a new, uh, I think it was a howitzer gun or an underwater artillery gun. And uh, it was never been on social media, never been filmed before. It right. was like 42 meters. So... Like, wow. like Subic was mind blowing if you're interested in wrecks.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you go into
1: a wreck or? Uh, we did some, uh, some of the penetration stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I kind of realized after that that like, I, I don't think I want to continue doing uh, penetrations into wrecks because yeah. they, they are ridiculously dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, wrecks are way more dangerous than caves. Really? I thought yeah. caves would have been. That's what I thought so too. But, Maybe because of like it's
0: the structure. Yeah,
1: but caves are stable. Yeah. Right? Wrecks are. Theoretically, they, they, they are forever moving. They, you don't really know if a piece might drop off. Right. Yeah. And typically, wrecks are also a lot dirtier. Yeah. So the silt is a, the higher chance of a silting out the place. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not that hard. I'm, I'm just happy with the regular diving. Yeah. For me, it's more about being in the open sea. Yeah, I know. Just kind of know, cutting off. Nice everything. time with friends.
0: That's the problem with being an entrepreneur, isn't it? You've got to sort of have that time out. You've yeah. got to find that bit where it You've got to refresh. Yeah.
1: That's something I regret in my younger days. Yeah. I'm younger sure. days, how old are you? Man? I'm, I'm 36, so I'm um, much, uh, much, you still got younger days ahead of you. I'm 10 years older <laughs> than
0: you. Like,
1: I just, Don't talk I'm like, like an, that I'm already. like an old bird. And Don't you? Look, come on. I, I walk around and I'm like, oh man, everyone looks like so young and I'm like, yeah. It's the
0: 36, a, like, come on. You're still... You're, I, I, mean, I
1: behave like a young guy though. So yeah, no, that's I try you, to keep young at yeah, heart. Yeah, no, that, that's,
0: that is yeah. really important. I think it's all up in the head. You'll be 86 right? doing this. Yeah,
1: I, I won't be surprised if I'm still going to go on at 86. Yeah, I you'll be a legend. Yeah. There's, this, uh, <laughs> there's this dato um, from uh, some uh, entrepreneurship institute in Sarawak. Yeah. And he was uh, celebrating his 65th or 68th birthday yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, that is like that is brilliant. I would love to be continuing to do yeah, that at yeah, that age. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: I, I think the key part of it is if you, if you love people and you love walking around talking yeah. to people, like you don't want to stop yeah. it. What, are you gonna, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to like sit and play golf
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not on your own, Definitely like putting? Much, yeah. It's
0: like, you it's just like, if you're an entrepreneur, it never turns off. Yep. You gotta, I've got to go back to that, right? Yep.
1: I think when you hit that age you want to be in, you, you want to be giving back. Yeah. You want to be helping the next generation. Yeah. And that's something I think comes very innate because of what we do. Mm. Like it's all about how, how do I help this person connect with someone else or get access to something that would really push him or the company forward. And I think that's something that's always been driving me and I hope to continue doing that a lot more.
0: Well, we hope that you do as well, Mohan. I think you are a key figure here yeah. in the ecosystem. You're quite low key yeah. in a sense, which so, yeah. Is- which is good, but I think more people need to hear your story as well. I mean, I'm great. Like, I'm
1: really grateful for the fact we sat Thanks here. Thanks for giving chat. me the opportunity
0: to I, I want you to come back safely from the Philippines as well. <laughs> like, I'm a bit worried now.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely will. We're, we're, we're all quite a bunch of safe timers. No, no underwater nonsense. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, you never know. You never know. All right, that's Mahan Balani, everybody. Um, He's the main man here at Echelon, um, but not just Echelon. It's the
1: startups, not me, no.
0: At E27 as well. So, yeah, no, looking forward to catch up when you're back and we'll grab a coffee and have Likewise. a chat.
1: Thanks thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah.
0: All right, we're back. It's Graham here. I'm with, glad to be joined by one of the spin off batch. This is Sheldon from Renew.
2: Sheldon, mm. welcome. Hi, nice to meet you all.
0: Yeah, good. So you're a student here in Singapore, Poly? Yeah. How old
2: are you now? I'm 20 years old. You're 20. Yeah. So on year three, Poly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So are you typical of your age group, starting a startup? Are are there a lot of startups in your sort of like peer group? Because I still feel that here in
2: Singapore as well, it's kind of new, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So... You're a bit more of the cutting edge. How is it around the people that you know?
2: Um, in Singapore itself, right? In spin-off, there's only like a few groups, like maybe five or less. Yeah. And well, the people I hang out with are all entrepreneurs. They all focus on startups. They all want to do what they want to do. But majority of like polytechnic students don't um, look into startups or yeah. they don't look into entrepreneurship because Singapore itself, right? We're very focused on academics. We're very focused on um, getting good grades, getting good jobs. Uh, no one's willing to really take the risk. So I'm blessed that I managed to hang out with people who are willing to take risks.
0: Right. So are you taking risks because you're not very good at the other stuff? Or <laughs> tell us about that. Because I'm sure that must be what people... I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I've gone yeah. through a lot of this
2: shit. So yeah.
0: what about with yourself?
2: Um, academic-wise, I'm not really very fantastic. But I do love what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but because I found entrepreneurship um, while I was doing academic, I lean more towards entrepreneurship right. and that didn't really help me out academically. Uh, but I'm still doing great. I'm, I'm able to graduate. I'm able to do what I'm doing. Uh, but I choose to lean, like put my all my passion into entrepreneurship because I love it so much. Why? Um, It's just the thrill, the... the Is it glamorous? It's not, not that it's glamorous, but actually to be honest, it's, it has been really tough on me. Right. like The reality. Yeah, the, the reality It's the grind, man. A lot of people think that entrepreneur is easy. You just go in there, oh it's easy, get Billion idea, dollars. That. Yeah. But honestly the grind, the the feedback, the setbacks, all that, it really hurts a lot of times. What's yeah. the setbacks? Like a lot of people who um disagree, the environment in which you're starting up. Yeah. Like imagine if you're a brick and mortar startup in a in a tech place where everyone's doing tech, everyone wants yeah. on tech. Uh, it's hard to find a place, how uh, to find a balance in which you can focus and motivate yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is the tough part. I mean, I'm 46 years old. Yeah. So I've been through a lot of like, you know, rejection and doubt. And even today, when I wake up in the morning, 25 years of being an entrepreneur, I still have doubt. Yeah, you know it's like that never goes away you wake up in the morning and you think am i doing the right thing yeah should i have got a proper job i never go back and get a proper job but i think that the thing is is that you know if you surround yourself with the right people they you're not having to constantly justify yourself to people yeah. like i found that when i was starting out when i was young i was like justifying myself to people like why i'm doing this like people would ask graham why are you doing
2: this like you could be successful in finance yeah you how are you, you dealing with that now uh, my mom she tells me you can be an interior <laughs> designer like get a diploma go philippines be an interior designer right. you, know? you can be successful there you can be a lawyer your english is good and all that but to me i really feel like entrepreneurship is a calling where i'm put in this environment where i have to improvise adapt all the mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. it's something to do with my passion. I just love it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: What's it like on a day-to-day basis for you? So when you wake up in the morning, um, what are you doing? Do, is it like, uh, you know, every day I'm going to go out and change the world? No. no is that how you it, think? Because no. I think that's somehow what people think an entrepreneur does, yeah. right? Um, the first thing I do
2: is uh, I take a shower. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. We don't yeah. need to go
0: through your personal hygiene but, habits.
2: But, but <laughs> my mindset is that I have to get work done. Yeah. I have to... Um, whatever feedback I receive from my mentors, I have to get it done. And I have to validate myself and I have to meet up several people and ensure that everything goes smoothly and that people believe in me. And it's not about whether I can, whoa, change the world, do three steps and I will fix every problem. Uh, is really more of like slowly taking small steps to progress into something bigger. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you're making progress. So, I mean, you're in a really tough area, which is obviously, you know, tell a little bit about Renew, aligned yeah. to sustainable development goals, right? Yeah. So, a lot of people want to get into this area. It's hard to get funding um, if you're sort of, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. What, first of all, what you do and like that whole sort of journey, are you raising funds and so it's, on? It's
2: been a year since I've started Renew and Raising funds really is quite difficult because most of the events I go to is tech-based events. Yeah. Uh, what we actually do in Renew is uh, we aim for climate action where we realize that majority of farmland animals, right, um, animals for cultivation produce methane gas. They produce enough greenhouse gases that overwhelms whatever humans have been producing for the past right. e- eternity. So we take like horse dung or um, cow dung and we turn it into briquettes we go through this long process of refinement where once they are refined, we turn them to briquettes that can be used as solid fuel for barbecuing or to power um, power plants mm. to create an- electricity. Through this process, we actually contain the greenhouse gases that was initially produced and we actually water filter it and the gases we can sell off as another stream of revenue. And the water itself, right? we can sell it off also as a fertilizer or a pH controller. Yeah. Where did that idea come from? <laughs>
0: this you didn't you didn't grow up in a farm, did no. You? So uh, you, you must have had some insight from somewhere.
2: Uh, I went to this um Indonesia. I went to Indonesia, Jogjakarta, for an overseas uh immersion program where yeah. we they threw a pro- the problem to us, and yeah. the problem was there's too many cows in the mountainous area. Uh, not a lot of sun, very high humidity. The cow dung itself uh left in open fields where it accumulates into huge like land landscapes of cow dung yeah. and that itself is an environmental pollutant because the amount of methane gas the amount of decomposition that happens yeah. so I thought of like how can we turn this huge land space of cow dung into something small something uh, sustainable for the farmers and through a lot of processes um, initially they didn't kick off because um, like they wanted to do other things but I brought it back to Singapore and I refined the process in which we can string like let's say you have 300 um, kg worth of cow dung Mm. once you're done with the entire process you're left with only 3 kg worth of briquettes right so we take huge land like huge amount of cow dung and we turn it into something small sustainable and profitable that's awesome you actually (laughs) make money out of it I make money out of shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: man I like it I like your style have you always been an entrepreneur were you like as a kid doing like
2: wild things Uh, yeah, uh, selling what yeah, I, um, were? when I was younger in primary school, yeah. I didn't have a lot of pocket allowance. Um, due to like really bad family background, um, I was actually from ACS Anglo Chinese School, which is a uh, quite a prestigious school. Yeah. So what what I actually did when I was younger was I would go to those um capsule capsule machines. And buy swords like those cartoon swords and all that. Oh, like the ones where you put in the money and yeah, turn you put it like two dollars. Yeah. you twist and then you get this metal sword. Yeah, and I'll actually tell my friends that I went. I just came back from Japan and I bought like these souvenirs. Ooh, hustler. Yeah, and I would sell them for like thirty dollars. Do they $35. know about this, by the way? I know. <laughs> so it's now public. They'll be asking the money back. <laughs> I I don't really know if they remember it, but yeah. So what cost me two dollars? I sold it at like thirty-five, thirty. Thirty-five. Yeah right what the biggest one i had was this bleach sword which i sold for like 50 bucks right yeah do you make some good money out of that it was really good money because from two dollars to 50 dollars. Yeah. yeah as a kid in primary school that was huge yeah, yeah. yeah
0: did you get a reputation for that
2: uh for selling the those swords and yeah. all it's, it was like a one week thing because i can't keep selling because i can't keep going back from japan you get yeah yeah, to yeah yeah yeah
0: it's awesome man it's great it's a great yeah. story yeah. I think you're, you're a very interesting character and an inspiration as well so I'm hoping that some of those younger Sheldons coming through <laughs> hear this story and yeah. you know I, I think a lot of people don't know especially when they're quite young that this is an option yeah. to do what you're doing and especially if you're sort of a little bit on the fringe yeah, like I think a lot of startup entrepreneurs are a bit weird. Like, I, I class myself as weird. Yeah, okay. we're, we're a bit on the 20% like that sort of curve of personality we're out here. <laughs> yeah. That's why we sort of break the rules a bit more, see things a little bit differently. And yet they don't have that sort of support to say actually it's okay. You know, like the way you think about things is actually quite cool. And there's a great way that you, you can express that. And that is called being an entrepreneur. Yes, right? definitely. So we, we kind of need to get your stories out to people like them. Because those younger kids coming through will sort of have doubts in their head because mm. people will be saying to them like you're just you're like you're you know like a con man or a salesman yeah. or like a hustler or in a negative way right yeah. so let's get it out there man that's Sheldon from Renew wishing you all the best with your thank you your startup man thank I think you, it's great you. what you're doing and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk off air but I'll hopefully I can make you some introductions as yeah, well
2: definitely thank you so much.
0: We're back. It's Graham. I'm with Anissa, a very friendly and familiar face. How are you doing?
3: I have been well. Thank you. I
0: haven't seen you for about a month or so. A month or so. Yeah, you've been busy?
3: Busy raising funds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you making progress?
3: (laughs) Every day is getting better and better. Yeah. So, you know, it is a process and, you know, you just have to go through. You're a very
0: positive person. Are you like this... All the time?
3: I do have my moments, but yeah. I think it makes more sense to be more positive, you know, because you attract good things coming your way and you'll never know. Like, today is going to be one of the best days of my life.
0: Could be. Could be. <laughs> just it's being just here. just started, right? Yes, so, that's right. Hey, look, you've got a really interesting backstory as well. So, for those that don't know you, mm-hmm. you have this rather crazy goal of, is it a million marriages? Creating
3: one million marriages worldwide.
0: Worldwide. Right. How far are you along that path?
3: We have, um, to date, yeah. more than a thousand couples who have gotten married as a result of our introduction. Yeah. So it has emboldened my vision, you know, to get to that one million mark.
0: Do so you get invited to any of these weddings?
3: Absolutely. Really? That's an
0: expensive business. <laughs> you need to raise funds to pay for that. <laughs>
3: It's a fulfilling business i must yeah. say so the offline business has been doing really really, really well yeah. um and so now i'm on the path to uh building my mobile app uh, which is called jumpa that means yeah. let's meet in the malay language yeah. or the, the bahasa language and um so this is my new mission this is my new vision and uh, i'm on the path to creating and scaling the business
0: awesome with a happy ending for everybody right yes Hopefully. absolutely a million absolutely. of them so interesting about you is that uh, if people can't see you on the um, the video is that you're you're singaporean yeah you are muslim yes and you are running a matchmaking service for muslims right which is an interesting concept in itself isn't mm-hmm. it because that doesn't come easily yes right I mean when you did the you came to the studio and shared your longer sort of story you talked about a lot of the challenges in doing something like that and the fact you're a woman as well I mean it's obvious now talking to you but that doesn't make it easy for what you're doing as well I think in your space so you must have a lot of resolve to deal with you you must be able to walk through walls
3: (laughs) But matchmaking is a woman's business. I he feel that, that I can I can do it very well because I'm right. a woman, yeah. right? I have had employees who are also males before and um, they don't seem to have the kind of you know, um, intuition or instinct that we do naturally as a woman. So I do not see that as an impediment, rather as something that is my strong point and I always want to work on my strength rather than
0: what I'm not good at. But I think, you know, the the key is that you're a female founder more than anything, right? Which is a challenge in itself, right? Because there isn't enough of you guys out there, right? Absolutely, There needs to be more, especially from your community. We need great role models out there, people who can stand up, take a few arrows if you like, and Take a few risks such that others can follow in your footsteps. Yep. I, I'm really fascinated, like from your community, especially women, like do people reach out to you and say, Anissa, I'm really inspired by what you do. You're maybe a bit further down the line than me. I want to do that. Mm-hmm do you get those kind of like messages and how does that sort of resonate with you? Yeah,
3: that's why I have to be a success story, Graham. <laughs>
0: right. Well, you are kind of, I think you are already. I mean, you, you can't, the success story is not a destination. It's, that's right. It's, it's the, a journey. Exactly. You're, yeah. You've are you started. Yes. That's successful already.
3: That's right. I, I've been in the business for 15 years now, but this is the first time that I've become a tech founder. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, the uh, an area or the male domain uh uh, area so you know i it's it's been it's been challenging but yet it has been the steepest learning curve for me yeah um, yes, I do get people coming to me and say you inspire me you know you uh, I hope to you know to follow in your footsteps uh, but I always say you know you have to take that first step you know right. rather than be enamored or inspired you right, know why yeah, don't yeah. you just take that first step but that's not easy it's never easy what do I know? do
0: if I was wanting to be an Issa?
3: It's it's a vision that you have to have, you right. know. It's the goal that you have to, to be very clear about, you know. Yeah. Just this morning, I was asking myself also, what is that goal that I'm? Really? Yeah, you know. Every day I have to ask myself because then you need to get up every morning to feel inspired, yeah. and you know, life is just going to happen to you. People yeah. are, are going to say no to you. Yeah, yes. it's
0: not an easy life. That's L- right,
3: you know. Um, uh, uh, so you
0: wake up in the morning, you ask yourself what the goal is. Yes. And is it clear? Do you sometimes have mornings where you wake up and think, oh, I'm not feeling it?
3: I do. So right. the, the exercise, the morning exercise is, you know, the mental discipline yeah. to stay true to your course, yeah. you know? I need to get one step ahead every single day, Yeah. Right? I need to be talking to different people every single day. I need to follow up with different people every single day, you know, just so that I can get closer and closer to my goal, to my vision.
0: Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I mean, especially if you can share mm-hmm. that with you know, younger entrepreneurs. Not necessarily just younger, but there's a lot of older entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, My generation who yeah. are sort of staring out of office windows thinking, you know, what the hell am I gonna do with my life, right? That's right. You know, I've been 20 years in a bank. Do I spend the next 20 years in a bank? You know, I wanna start something, do something amazing, right? So You
3: have to start with a compelling vision, right? right. And if you feel yourself dragging yourself to work every single day, yeah. you know, then do but something how did, how about it. How do you
0: find a compelling vision? Like, do, did you start out by saying, I have this big dream of a million marriages. Or did you sort of find that along the way? Because I think this is the point that, you know, people say start with why. Mm -hmm. And it's a very popular thing. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of entrepreneurs don't start with why. They just sort of want to fix a problem. And then they find their why along the way. How is it for you?
3: For me, it's working on my strength. I know what my strengths are. I love, you know, I, I love interacting with people. I get a lot of energy yeah. you know, talking uh, to people and helping them with their um, problems or the, the issues. And it just so happened that matchmaking allows me to be, you know, to, to be that platform yeah. for me to connect with people. So matchmaking is an accidental thing. You know, I'm more concerned right. about what my strengths yeah, are yeah, and yeah. work from there. Yeah. Right? It could be many things. It could be consulting. You know? It could yeah, be yeah. working on entrepreneur, uh, with entrepreneurs. But for me, it's working with single people. Yeah. Right, and they tell me the same thing all the time. I'm lonely, you know. I'm fearful yeah. about my future, and all you have to do is, you know, somehow to make them believe in themselves that you know they have to to feel uh, love for themselves first before they can find the love that they are looking for. Yeah, right. So it comes back to the same uh, mission of being in love with yourself, yeah. and, and that has to be uh, communicated to them, and, and you have to make them believe that it is possible. Yeah, right? every goal that you want starts with a belief. Yeah. So and I,
0: I get that. And you, you have, your energy is infectious, which is great. <laughs> but I, I think there's a real love for other people as well. Yes, I do. Which is like, you can't do what you do without waking up every morning thinking, like, That's I right. want to help people, right?
3: That's right. It starts with, because I think I've grown up in a, in a very big family, right? Mm. I'm, I'm surrounded by people all the time.
0: How many brothers and sisters?
3: I have nine other siblings. Well, are they?
0: What, what are they? Where do you fit in all of that? I'm
3: the, ni- the penultimate You're child. You're the last one? No, second no, last. Oh, wow. The second last. I'm nine out of ten and i do what have does that
0: do for you <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine the competition have, for resources i
3: have to be able to communicate to my parents yeah. to get their attention right
0: was right. that typical of your sort of generation your background of that age or they had those huge families
3: not not really but yeah. it just so happened that you know i i grew up in in such a big family and i also have half brothers and half sisters so there's yeah. 17 of us in total Wow. yeah so you know competition for resources uh, being able to articulate what you want quickly right, right, right. so those things has been ingrained with uh, in me from from very young but yeah. naturally I'm, I'm I'm a people person right
0: I wonder as well because you were sort of like penultimate yes yeah you didn't get like the, the favoritism of being the first one mm-hmm. you're quite bright in your personality and your looks as well so you sort of stand out uh-huh. which I think is great yeah. you must have learned that at an early age being a <laughs> bit of a performer. Were you a performer when you were?
3: I was a storyteller when there, I was young, and uh, because of my small size, right? So somehow I need to be heard somewhere because I'm I'm not so visible. I'm I'm very short. Yeah. I'm very small. So <laughs> I have to use my voice. I have to use you right. know my yeah. my charisma. Yeah. to draw people to me.
0: Yeah, you do it very well. Thank you. I think you're awesome. <laughs> you're you're like a superstar uh i know you're small in size but you're, you're you're very big in your personality as well and i think you you inspire other people as well in your own way and thank you. love what you do with your your with jumper as well and i just wish you all the best with that thank you yeah and just keep sharing that story yes, because especially like people like you know like in this era a lot of people want to do the kind of things that you do mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of barriers out there, especially for women, more than anything. And I suppose as well for Muslim women, it's it's a little bit harder, especially Mm -hmm. from traditional backgrounds. Mm -hmm. But you're there. You're like, no excuses now.
3: No excuses, you know. When people
0: reach out to you, Uh would you, like, I mean, what's the easiest way? Do people just say, hey, look, Anissa, can I talk to you? Like, connect with you on LinkedIn? Like, what do I do?
3: It's it's so accessible these days. I'm on all the social media platforms, yeah. right? So LinkedIn is always the best professional way. Uh, I do respond, you know, I do connect because you know that's the nature of my job too. You know, yeah. I want to be able to connect with as many people. So um, it's the easiest thing in the world now to you know be in touch with anybody that you yeah. want. So anybody who's who's looking for you know a service like uh, mine could easily just come directly to me, and you know their needs will get met.
0: Awesome. All right, we're back. It's Graham here, sitting with David from the Nurturing Company.
4: Hey, Graham. How are you doing?
0: Good, mate. Very well. Very you well. got a new T-shirt on? Oh, return. Yes.
4: Return. Yeah. So the, we're we're here talking about what is really the hub of everything that we're doing. Yeah. Um, if you think that the you know the Nurturing Company is a collective, so we, we have our own brand Bamboo Loo and we're introducing other brands which are zero plastics or reduced to plastic. But the the primary goal and the long term goal is to help create a. Uh, circular economy platform here in Singapore. Right. So
0: You're saying all the right things there, circular economy platform. Oh, you platform. like that, do you?
4: Yeah. Well, it's all true. Well, the investors um, would like that. Yeah, so um, most, some people will be aware of a company in call, in, in America called Loop, we've just launched, um, who are working with and, and did something fantastic. They managed to crack the nut with the large uh, M&Cs um, to develop reusable packaging, so people like Unilever, uh, P&G, and others, and... Um, now offer in america a a reusable packaged version of some of their most well-known brands right and loop will be the platform by which those would be accessed by the consumer but here in singapore we don't really see that being the possible model because a it's a small place and there's b there's quite a lot of different platforms already out there which have the audience so you have a bit of a dichotomy you have the brand that could offer the product the platforms that have the traffic but then how do we manage the the process? So that's where we see return that's what fitting in. Yeah, we see re- right. So return would be a, more of an aggregator uh, here in Singapore rather than a standalone model. For the circular economy. Correct. Let's get that. Correct. Get that in there.
0: So let, let me ask you, why, I mean, you're originally from the UK. Yes. Why are you here in Singapore? Oh building this business? Because I imagine in the UK
4: you'd probably get yeah, more we would. response. So yeah, why we are you would. here It's a tough market, this one, for green brands and green companies, to be honest. Why does it uh, make sense that you're here? Uh, um, we have we have some quite unique problems here in Singapore um, and some unique opportunities. Um, it's a relatively good-sized um, uh, conurbation of people, um, but it, it has a, a landfill policy and a, and a sort of a, a waste policy where most of what we putting the rubbish here is incinerated. Mm. So that has a timeline on it, a, a definitive timeline. I think it's about 2030 or 2035, by which that will be full. So government is on a mission to, you know, and it's zero waste year for the Singapore government, um, to figure out and plan with the um, the nation ways and means of reducing waste. So the simplest one is don't have it in the yeah. first place, which is what we're doing with Bamboo Lou and others. Um, and removing those plastics um, and, and excess packaging f- uh, completely. And that's where the reusable, returnable model fits in also. Because as m um, and start to develop uh, reusable packaging, it needs to go somewhere. But to offer it through the normal sort of uh, marketplace model, they only have a finite level of margin to play with. It's very difficult, and it's a reverse logistics model, so it's another mm-hmm. addition. So, yeah, they could all go off and do it individually, but that would be a bit messy and, and very expensive for the nation, you'd, and you wouldn't, you know, you'd you'd have, like, five different ways of buying the same thing. So, we would like to try and, you know, jump to the Mark II version, which is when everyone right. just goes, hey, let's just have a standard, Yeah. and the standard model is this. Um,
0: so, th- I mean, talk a little bit about that, because... I think that sort of plays into the whole Singapore thing as well because there's a standard, it requires many different stakeholders. Correct. You've got logistics, you've got government, you've got local government as well. And in a city of 6 million where there's very much sort of a, a willpower at the top to make yes. change, it makes it a lot easier to implement that kind of thing than it yes. would be in a market of 300 million.
4: Yeah, and, and, you know, if you if you were in the UK, you'd probably, and they surely will, because I think Loop will open in London, Yeah, there'll be a UK version of Loop trying to do that. And, and you know, the brands that are investing a lot of money in developing these is of course, hopefully, are not just going, we're only going to make that available on Loop, because that yeah. would be completely crazy and a waste of money. Um, good people that they are. Um, but it's it's a question of trying to say, okay, if we're going to make that kind of change, if we're going to try and get consumers to buy reusable package versions, which technically means that you're paying for the product inside it, you're paying some kind of deposit for the packaging, mm. and eventually the packaging comes back to the company and gets re- re-utilized. Um You've got to go where the, where the audience is. So, so you know, if if you can have a standalone version, that's great. But we think here it has to be probably an you know an aggregator or a service provider that can work across all of them um, in the same way that ninja van would be mm. a delivery service which is used by quite a lot of the, the companies um, to enable the nation to be able to move and bring those kinds of products because the resistance from some of those you know companies will be yeah but it's a great idea but how would we deal with it how yeah. would we sell it who, who would collect it how would we get it back so then if you went to i don't know Lazardo, Lazardo would be oh, it's a wonderful idea but you know hey you don't want us to pay for that do you so somewhere along the line, we have to work out how the numbers work. Um, but, you know, if the, there's, there's got to be a model in there, and we have to figure it out because that's the, the only option we have. If we're going to try yeah, and, reduce no. and reduce the amount of plastics and reduce the amount of rubbish that we have, we have to basically figure out ways to not have it in the first place.
0: Well, I think it's an honorable cause, and I'm wishing you all the best. You're the Thank right your man to, to solve the problem that we're facing as well. And... Um, David Ward everybody. Thank you very much, Graham. Nurturing company. Good talking to you again. It's good talking to you. And I'm wishing you all the best. It's fight you know, it's it's struggle out there, man. Yeah, Mate, it is. Like, but you you're you're still hustling, man. So still hustling. Hearing.
4: Still living, still breathing, still What's pushing. every
0: day above ground. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> We're on. I'm really happy to be sitting here with a familiar face, Bob Chua, all the way from KL this morning. Yeah, How you doing?
5: Good to see you, mate. Yeah, yeah welcome really back to Thank Singapore. You.
0: So you left KL what
5: time this morning? Oh, about five thirty or something like that. Five thirty, and it's like yeah. ten o'clock. You're here. Well, we're usually training at this time in the morning. Oh yeah. Right? So yeah. yeah, nothing to me. Yeah, Iron Man, Bob. <laughs> yeah, no, it's insomnia. Is it? Um, yeah. So why are you here? Um, yeah, just see what's going on, really. You yeah. know, catch up with a few people and uh, see what latest tech is you know, out there and um, see who can partner with, who we can invest in, who can invest in us. Yeah. So a bit of everything. So, last
0: time I saw you, it was a couple of months ago, wasn't it? In, yeah. I in, think so. Singapore. in Singapore. Singapore, yeah. So, you'd completed a round. Yeah. Things were going well. What's yeah. happened in the last few months?
5: oh uh, what hasn't happened i think um you know we've expedited our development we're yeah. we're sort of linked into like a million apis and uh, everywhere from fulfillment right up to delivery consumers and and what have you uh signing up brands to our catalog um so yeah a lot of things we we're also closing another round in the next few weeks so uh, that's uh, fingers crossed all So what I'll would that be fingers. a series pre-series a pre-series a and um we're now well on our way to planning our proper Series A which I think we spoke about Um, so that should happen in Q3 Um, so we've got a a, a boutique uh, investment corporate investment arm engaged and um, a few investors that we're talking to so yeah we're pretty excited about that phase of our growth
0: it's good I think what you're doing as well you've got it all lined out I mean if you've watched Bob's pitch the pitch deck show you had all the numbers you'd done the homework I mean it's a great example of if somebody was to look at a pitch deck, look at yours as an example, because oh, the way you sort of frame it, you start with straight at the top, sell the money. This yeah. is what's going on. This is the size of the addressable market. Here's the problem and so on. Sure. And also, what we didn't get from the last Pitch Deck show, which I'm sort of getting a bit more now, is just how well-dressed you are.
5: I'm dressed oh, in the same thing. I was going to dress them up in shorts the last time, I <laughs> promised God, you.
0: Yeah, you are you raising your game. <laughs> no, what, what are you wearing here? You've got like, they're not uh, shell uh, these, these
5: uh, yeah, toes. Describe it for the audience. A Gucci's. For, standard you know, Gucci's. Yeah, yeah, He's with, a very well-dressed yeah. man for yeah, a startup thank founder. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in the luxury space, so I have to sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, raise your game a little <laughs> raise bit. Raise my game, yeah.
0: So how long are you in Singapore for?
5: um going back tomorrow right. so um you know i'm just here for today tomorrow meet some investors and you know meet some folks here um you know i think you, you asked me what i've been up to i think the last time when we spoke i spoke about our sort of seven phases of development yeah you know we, we've always got vi with seven phases uh of I, I guess a development roadmap ahead of us so we're probably in the second or third phase of that yeah. development you know so we're now on, i don't know stage 21 to 28 in terms of what we're doing so um you know, we want to try and keep that momentum of having the visibility of knowing exactly what we want to do, what we want to work on, and making sure we can meet through those timelines because otherwise, you know, it's just going to be all over the place. Right? Yeah. So, but you're driving that. So we're driving that and trying to keep everything in check, hiring some people now as well. So, how are you getting
0: on with that? Because that, that is a challenge. That is the hardest part, I think. More so of a challenge than raising money here in Asia.
5: Yeah. Look, I think uh, we're trying to map it uh closely to our our fundraising as well because we don't want to hire too quickly too fast uh, and and too big if we don't need to um but at the same time there's certain talent that we need to have a longer gestation of of finding these guys for example ar developers um which is quite hard to find in this part of the world and and, and they're quite sought after so um you know i think we're sort of balancing balancing that but I think we're we, we're finding some pretty good talent out there, surprisingly. Uh, not not you know not not to um, say anything about talent out there, but there's a real war of talent. Yeah, there's a lot of competition. Um, you can lot be with com- Facebook, Grab, Absolutely, cetera, yeah. And, and, and right? ex- actually, yesterday a, a great article came out in on Forbes, um, which put us head to head with Facebook um, AR um, initiatives right. um, and Farfetch's e-commerce initiatives and and us. You know, right. tiny little blink in um, the bottom, but. You know, I think and um, the same sort of breadth of with Facebook and, and farfetch in terms of what we're trying to do for this part of the world. So, yeah. you know, stuff stuff like that keeps us going, and it's really exciting.
0: Yeah. So, what's it like in KL at the moment? If I'm going to come to KL in the next few weeks, yeah. and hopefully... I'm going to host you. Yeah, you're going to show me a little bit Absolutely. of the site. Yeah. Sorry, just as a bit of a dry run. I want to take um, you, or you should be taking me I will. to... For either, so, here are the choices. You want to take me to a place where you started out. Okay. But that might be in a different country, though, right? No, is no,
5: I, I, I've got a, a good place for that. All right, okay. Yep.
0: So, maybe you can show me, like, this is where I started out. Sure. Or a place where you hang out normally. So, where does a, a stylish guy like you hang out normally? So, <laughs> what <where> would you <laughs> I'm take a, for no,
5: I don't have a life. I don't hang out, right? <laughs> I hang out on Google, Google Hangouts. <laughs> All right, we'll just do a
0: Google Hangout together and record <laughs> that. How about that? Yeah. Would you, I mean, wh- what about where you started? If I was yeah, to say, sure. look, like, this is the Bob Chua story, you'd take me somewhere to Absolutely. K. Yeah, you, where we go?
5: So you know, I mean, I, I'm the sort of classic Malaysian entrepreneur who started out in Cyberjaya of all places, wow. um, yeah. which, as you know, was the heart of MSC, which is you know Tun Mahathir's uh, sort of brainchild of bringing us out of the manufacturing-based economy to a knowledge-based economy, and that's the harder way we started. But we started in a tiny apartment that my partner rented out for, I think, 600 ringgit a month, and his mom used to cook for us. His son used to run around, and and classic you know sort of google story where we the started yeah. out in a garage yeah. right and that's where we started um 600 ringgit by the way is what about uh, 200 bucks well, 150 right? Right, right so we started yeah. in, in that um this was in in my previous venture by the way yeah. um but we started there and then that's my life as an entrepreneur um and we evolved in cyber which is the msc multimedia super corridor um heart epicenter if you will where a lot of entrepreneurship was Um, was based out of and then we grew from there you know then we grew into seven markets IPO the rest is history so I'll bring you to those places that we used to hang out in, and places where we used to eat and and look for talent and all that sort of stuff
0: is there going to be a plaque there like um, we of... could
5: put one there <laughs> temporarily. Yeah, to, to be honest, um, yeah, where we started an I mean, AR plaque, yeah, went. an AR plaque. But you know, we we had a billboard at one point where the Malaysian government gave us a massive, sodding billboard with my face on it oh, uh, really? for a while. It's quite embarrassing. What was
0: on the face? Was it like for your company or like a? Yeah, it was, it was
5: of. You know, I think uh, we were seen as one of the success stories right. um, at the time, and you know, there, there weren't many. How was it to
0: see your face there when you? Were sort it of was like quite folks. embarrassing to be <laughs> honest, because
5: everyone thought I was like the mayor of Cyberjaya for a while, and. Um, yeah, when I used to drive in there, you see my big face <laughs> and it was quite embarrassing. Yeah, did you embarrassing. start
0: getting charged more when you went to the Hawker Center? Like, I was trying to get royalties, to
5: be honest. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur, I tried to turn it around. Um, I like your style. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take you there and then show cool. you where we started. I yeah. look forward to that. That yeah. sounds
0: cool. It's great. I mean, I love the, the whole story. I mean, you haven't sort of, I mean, you had success, but you're still okay. driving yourself to the next level. It's oh, like you'll never... I always sort of wonder about the the entrepreneurial DNA is that comfort is almost like a failure for us guys. It's almost like if we make it, the challenge then is, you know, starting again and going up to the next level. What sort of drives you when you get up in the morning?
5: You keep raising that bar, right? I mean, there's there's always opportunity that you're looking for and… you know, I never see myself like what you just explained as as having reached success. I mean, I I think there's still can't you had a, a billboard with your face on it? I know, but that's just superficial stuff, right? <laughs> I don't see that as something I'm you know I'm proud of. Um, it's quite embarrassing, but um, you know, I, I think there's always opportunity out there, and, and you see, an entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, you know, keep going after new challenges, however hard it is, and and people don't realize the difficulty of it. You know, we all go through the the challenges of entrepreneurship which is extremely hard but I think the more you do it, you know, you become a bit more unfazed by the sort of uh, stress levels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're You're comfortable. You've been around the block and um, you sort of know the pitfalls and and that sort of stuff so you're probably a bit more comfortable but, you know, I think after what I did before and brought a company public and had some exits, it took me a while to get the hunger back so I wouldn't say I was you know, driven non-stop. You know, you do have your peaks and troughs, yeah, and you yeah. get burnt out. That's the reality. And, and that's what people don't see. Yeah, right. People don't see that side. They just see the glamorous side that, you know, these guys have made it. But, um, you know, I think thankfully in the past 12 months or so, I've seen the ingredients for what we are doing now with Blink, with e-commerce, with luxury, with all the ingredients we spoke about before in, in this part of the world. And I think it's a great time for entrepreneurship uh, yeah. in Southeast Asia. It's a fantastic time.
0: Awesome. It's a yeah. good time to be driving it and Absolutely. by example as well. I think you're yeah, a role Yeah, no, it's model. nice to be back in the game. I don't know if you want to get another billboard out there.
5: No, I don't think so. Maybe a but street name. But you're in the name. AR world. Maybe so a street name.
0: <laughs> Here in Singapore? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: I tell you, okay, so just one last thing I want to ask you. I think we've got a double confession to make. We both signed up for an Ironman. Yeah. Year, we both flunked it. We've, <laughs> and I just find it's the whole driven thing, right? Like, I've done an Ironman before. I've done the full Ironman. I've signed up for a half that's, in yeah, Bintan. Right. Okay, and um, it got to a stage where I just couldn't do it. I yeah, just couldn't find the the the. I think the the runway in my sort yeah, of day. Sure. I just thought you know things. I was travelling a lot like you, and like it's a bit crazy. And it going is. out and pitching people yeah. and talking. I needed sort of like twelve months where I didn't have anything. And yeah. I think it's like you know you, I talk to people. There's like three things you got family. Iron Man business, choose two. Absolutely. So, like something right. has to give. So, how is it for you? Because you you were going to do Vietnam, right?
5: Um, yeah, I've signed up for now Challenge Vietnam, which is July 12th. So, I've still got so some. You run haven't away. given up. No, I haven't given up. <laughs> I'll never give up. Whether I'll do it is another thing. Signing up and doing it is two different things. Right? As well as Iron <laughs> you Man. are on
0: record now, Bob. <laughs> um,
5: but, you know, on the last Iron Man I did, there was a placard somebody held up, and I, you know, I, quite, I laughed when I saw it. It said, if you're still married, you're not training hard enough.
0: <laughs> right, so. oh, that is a dangerous statement to wish right? for, So, um, you know, I think
5: that sort of uh, resonated in me But you know, I'm still married. I've still got kids that recognize me. So I'm definitely not training hard enough. Spinning plates. Yeah, Exactly. Right? Um, but it's a huge commitment, right? Yeah, to, yeah. to balance uh, that sort of thing. Are you, know? you going to go back in July?
0: I mean, that's only around the corner. Right?
5: It's around the corner. A challenge—is
0: it a half challenge or a full?
5: It's seventy point three. Yeah, right. So, but still, you need to be. Yeah, yeah. You can't just t- start can't, training two weeks no, before. You can't can you? do that, and you know, I, I think we, we've got a million things for Blink—we're yeah. launching and, and investors and stuff. So, look. It's there, <laughs> you know. I'll I'll think about it. I have still got time. I still got two. two
0: I've still, I, I live you? with optimism. Um, are you start? Have you started started
5: training yet? No, no <laughs> not at all. I started the uh, I started the nutrition part. Shall I say? <laughs> What's your different breakfast up. this morning, <laughs> Nasir Yeah, so the carving up part is going well. The training, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> look, I have still got two months, so never, I like your style, that. man. It's like living by the seat of trying, your pants, yeah, right? Yeah, so is I'm that actually.
0: I mean, is that the mindset of an entrepreneur? It's like it's going to work out. I got this.
5: You die trying, right? Yeah? So um, I think you never you, go.
0: You, you won't actually die, though. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? You can sign up for these well, things. You
5: could
0: do. do. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't train and you do it, Nasir Lamah.
5: It's <laughs> you isn't? might actually it's die. 50, Fifty, yeah. So uh, I'm worried. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll, I'll let you know if I do do it. Yeah, no, put no, me no.
0: down as the the second contact <laughs> on your kin, form. Yeah, yeah next to <laughs> kin. I'll Absolutely. vouch for that. I'll be ready with my
5: fun. <laughs> Thanks for the um, yeah, confident to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I like your style. Like, I think there's that thing though, isn't it, that you set big challenges for yourself, and uh, you're not really gonna die. But you like, like even starting a business. Okay, if it fails. What's the worst that can happen? It's like you'll still oh. be here and you'll still be in the game to do it again, right? Look,
5: the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Yeah. The sun's going to come up tomorrow. And, um, you know, you set out with these things with a mind that you're going to complete it. You're going to get to the next day. And um, it's a day by day. So, you know, don't think too much about it.
0: Yeah. Are you, you sort of, as an entrepreneur now, in your 40s? Yeah, 44. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to say it. <laughs> when you started as an entrepreneur in your 20s? Yeah. Yeah. Are you different? As oh, a def- person? Definitely, how, yeah. how do you approach things as an entrepreneur? Because I, I definitely notice the difference in myself.
5: Absolutely. I think, you know, risk profile, probably slightly different. Um, you know, it's not fly over seat with your pants sort of thing. Um, you know, I probably don't want to make as much mistakes as I did before. Yeah. Um You know, why should I if, I if I don't have to? Probably a bit more careful. Um, but at the same time, you can take bigger risks now. You know, you, yeah. you can afford to take bigger risk, and you want to, uh, I think, knowing that time you don't have much more time to make it you've got this shorter window you want to make sure you get it done right and you want to get it done big yeah so your scale of your thinking is much bigger your execution is much more i guess more calculated and you take bigger risks you hire the best people you invest in the best technology the best tools to to get you there uh, rather than trying to bootstrap everything so i've taken a different approach to things and um we'll see how it goes but um you know fingers crossed
0: yeah awesome Bob, it's
5: been a real pleasure speaking yeah, Graham, to you. Likewise, we'll see
0: you in KL for something. Yeah, yeah. the If that's what your
5: coach recommends, <laughs> if that
0: is what you're on,
5: yeah, I'll introduce you to my coach as well. <laughs> he's a good coach. Really? <laughs> he's obviously he's a know, good nutritionist, I should say. Nutritionist
0: and say like you signed him up to get you to Ironman. Yeah. So far, still it's a work in progress, right? I'm still here. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. man. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. So rest of the you're gonna be here till tomorrow yeah you're so to i've got here. a few meetings
5: yeah. here and some investor stuff that we're, oh. we're um you know i think it's a great platform and, and um, you know good to see you guys here so hopefully you guys get something out of it as well yeah as definitely like i love like these stories and, and i love today's. the fact
0: you're a human face to it as well yeah
5: no absolutely good to see you guys yeah all cool. right awesome we're done well thanks for having me again
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. We're all about sharing the voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. We want to talk about the human beings behind the technology. Technology is interesting, but what makes technology interesting are the stories of the people who bring that tech to our daily lives, the whys, the founding origin myths, and the journeys that these founders face. So if you enjoy all of that and want to find out who the people are behind the brands and the tech, then subscribe to Asia Tech Podcast on SoundCloud. So if you go to soundcloud.com slash Asia Tech Podcast, you can follow us there and get access to all our latest content, as well as go deep and find out about some of the stories that you may have missed. So that's soundcloud.com slash asiatechpodcast. Go and subscribe there and feel free to like and comment on any of our episodes.